Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 114. And today I am really excited to share with you another case study of a brand new seller that just came on the scene. I say brand new. He still went through the research phase and the launch phase and all that stuff, but he's up and running and in 30 days did over $10,000 in revenue after he launched his product. So today what we're going to be doing is sharing his story. His name is Jamie V and I'm going to be sharing everything and he's going to be sharing actually everything that he did from start to where he is currently now and I love it because I get to dig into all of the different aspects. You're going to also find that he was looking at a certain product, doing all the research and then he switched gears and the reason why he switched gears and I did something similar. That's why I can relate to that and some of you may be doing that. So I think you're going to really enjoy this and I'm really excited to share it with you today. Before we do jump into that, I wanted to uh, give another little shout out to one of our, our uh, TASers out there that's doing awesome and uh, and sharing their uh, you know their journey along the way. So let me go ahead and, uh, and give a little shout out here. Now, let me just also say that you may recognize this name. This name is Nancy Ramirez. Now, Nancy is also a uh, sourcing agent or works with sourcing agents and she actually came on the show a little while back and she recently just had a new baby and during this process was also able to launch a product. So Nancy Ramirez, congratulations on launching your product, going through all of that and still being able to do it. So anyone out there making excuses, there's no reason to make excuses. If you can have a baby and launch a product, let me say anyone out there that has some, you know, some drive, you know, some passion, uh, or really a reason why you should be able to do this. So Nancy did this, and this is what she said. I'm just going to read the very first part, but she actually wrote a pretty well detailed uh, kind of summary of her of her story and her journey a little bit. But she said, "I'm going on my second month of selling private label. I wanted to wait until the month was over to post this to be able to see if I will be able to hit eight thousand in sales for the month of October, but I am so grateful for this amazing podcast and the awesome people I've been able to meet this year. So she wanted to go ahead and thank the TAS community and then anyone else that's helped her. So right now, Nancy is saying thank you to each and every one of you. And also, I want this to be inspiration and motivation for you to also share your journey and also pay back. You know, if you have received some information from this group, pay back by sharing your experiences. It's motivational, it's inspirational, and it's really what can help us move through these these tough times, you know, when you're going through the process. So definitely, definitely do that. If you guys are not part of our community, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy. You will, you will send a little request there to join. Usually in a few hours, you will be accepted and then you can go in there and start meeting everyone and just consuming the information and being around like-minded people. It's really, really powerful. So I'm going to stop talking and you can go ahead and enjoy the interview. Okay, everyone. Well, I am really excited to be uh, having a good friend of mine now since we met in Texas. Hey, Jamie, welcome to the uh, TAS podcast. What's going on, man? Hey, Scott. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, and I kind of uh, I kind of alluded to our, our little meetup in uh, Texas, which we'll talk about a little bit, but uh, it was a lot of fun, man, right? I mean, it was awesome. I mean, hanging out, meeting with everybody, and just talking business was, it was awesome. Definitely really, really was. cool. Yeah. Good, good turnout too. Oh my gosh. Wasn't it? Wasn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Uh, yeah. So what I want to do today though, I wanted to have you on because we've been waiting to have you on because you've been waiting to launch. When we were in Texas, you didn't actually have your product launch yet. We were actually 
talking about kind of like strategy, what you were going to do, kind of you had your product ready, it was coming and all that stuff. And now it's launched and now you're, you're having a pretty good run here. And we're going to talk about that. But what I really wanted to do today, I wanted to share kind of like how you got started, you know, right from the beginning, kind of like even what gave you the idea of, sure. of selling on Amazon. And then from there, take us through the journey and we'll take people through the launch process, all of that stuff. And, uh, and then tell them where you are now and kind of what, what you have planned for the fourth quarter. So why don't we just get started with, you know, how did you kind of get started and, and what gave you the idea to start selling on Amazon? Yeah, no, thanks. That's a good, uh, lead into this whole conversation. Mm. You know, I'm a, a big podcast listener, so I believe how I originally got on this path was listening to Pat Flynn, uh, Ryan Moran. And when you listen to podcasts, you really, I don't know, you get suggestions and you go into iTunes and they're like, oh, you might like this. And uh, either I just got suggested onto your podcast and that's how I found you, or I was actively seeking Amazon from something uh, mm-hmm. maybe Pat Flynn mentioned. And... Instantly, I caught you right, I think you had maybe two or three episodes live. Oh, wow, was that early, huh? (laughs) It was. So I caught you really early, and instantly, you know, I was like, this is is a guy that is is true, he knows what he's talking about, he's honest and upfront, and started listening to you. And you made it sound like, you know, if you stick through it, you know, it it can be a long road, but if you stick with it, you know, you can do it. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I'm looking for other revenue streams and, you know, I come from the insurance industry, you know, my career is in the insurance world and I sell intangible things. Mm -hmm. So the intrigue for me was being able to, you know, market something that was actually someone was going to get and receive and open it up and they were going to use it. It was a physical product. And that's what really got me started. And, you know, the rest is, you know, the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm okay. So there's a, there's a little bit of a blank right there we got to fill in. But okay, so you were, you were listening to the podcast. You're listening to episode number two, by the way, was kind of my story, how I got started mm-hmm. and kind of how I, I think uh, sold my first uh, basically 40,000 in revenue in the in the 90, 90 day window. Um, and, and kind of like I just... I guess I kind of, I listened to Pat Flynn too. So it's like, I, I was inspired by those guys. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan Moran was a big uh, inspiration as far as, you know, I wanted to hear more about what was, uh, you know, this Amazon thing. And the one thing that I found is in like you, the same thing, I would hear little bits and pieces, but I didn't hear a one that was dedicated to this topic. And I wanted more. I was like hungry, right? I wanted more content about this. So I wanted to reach other sellers. That's why the podcast was born. But then from doing that, I just wanted people like you to come in and go, oh yeah, I'm thinking about starting this thing too. Let's kind of do this together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really how I did it. And that's how I've done it now. And here we are, you know, over a hundred episodes later and now you're on the show and you know, you're in the class and, and all that stuff, but, uh, take us through what, okay. So what was the turning point for you that, that you're like, okay, I mean, I know you listened to episode two and then you were kind of like following along, but what made it switch that you said, I'm going to actually do this. Um, well, I think it was just, you know, listening to more of the podcast, but what really, you know, your workshops, I was on your first workshop that you had done. Okay. And I believe that you kind of alluded to, you know, there's going to be something big on there. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to hop on and, and really see what this is all about. I, Cause it's a, you know, listen to the podcast, it's all audio. So this was a, you know, a way to visually see what you're talking about. Sure. So hopped on there. It was awesome. I think there was 
like seven, 800 people on the, on the first workshop that you did. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. And then at the end, I just had a feeling that there was going to be something exciting happening. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that was when you introduced the early adopters for the private label classroom. Mm. You know, it, it may sound silly, but I was, it was the turning point for me. I was like, you know what? I've never done anything like this before. I've never, uh, you know, purchased, uh, you know, an informational product or anything like that or done any online course or anything like that. But, uh, man, I, I tell you, I, I pulled my credit card out so fast and I, I was able to, to get in. I think you had 25 students in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. It was it, 25. Yep. So I got in there and, you know, there was a little bit of wait because I think you, you had to create the, the content for the course and really put it together and yeah. was anxiously awaiting for the, for the course to open. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's, that's, it's awesome. And, and, uh, it's funny. I had Rich on as well. He was one of the early adopters and he's crushing it right now too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you know, Rich is a rock star, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that was exciting for all of us and I had no idea what to expect from that. And anyone listening right now, basically I did a workshop and I wasn't sure I was even going to create something. I had a lot of people ask me to, and I turned a lot of people down as far as one-on-one coaching and all that stuff. And I said, you know, if I'm going to do this, I want to build something that I would want to actually invest in myself. Uh, you know, so that's why I kind of pulled the audience and I said, you know, if you guys want this, I'll take 25 people. If I get 25 people to sign up right now, I'll do it. And I did. And, and I think in about three, three and a half weeks, we, we had most of the, of the content created, started rolling that out, created the Facebook group. Then we did our, you know, mastermind sessions that we do privately. And, um, the rest is history. I mean, you guys kind of helped build the class and that's why I wanted that. I got your feedback and all that stuff. And, uh, it was just awesome. It was a great, exciting time for all of us. And now it's just bloomed into this, you know, beautiful thing, you know, uh, yeah. beautiful friends like you and Rich and uh, Danny Brewer. I mean, everybody that's in it is is just so awesome. Um, but I have a lot of people that do this right straight from the podcast. They don't even join the class. And I think that's great. But let me ask you this before we get into exactly what you did and all that stuff. What was mm-hmm. the what was the thing that you feel once you got into the class, like you started going through the content? Um, what what there did you just follow along and then just follow the steps and take action on that stuff? Or did you jump ahead? Like what did you just follow everything step by step? Uh, well, the funny thing is the the course when I first got the login for the course, I was actually on vacation. I was in the Dominican. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> I was. I found myself hopping, you know, because Wi-Fi is kind of spotty, sure. and hopping around the resort and and trying to find, you know, a Wi-Fi connection so I could continue in the course. But you know, I do have a little bit of uh, ADD. I get distracted really easily, and I made it a point to myself that I was only going to consume the content at the time I needed it. Nice. And I like that. Um, you know, it's something that it, it was challenging because you get excited about it. And you're like, all right, you know, I want to see what what's next. I want to see what this is going to be like to stay focused um, was probably one of the most challenging things. But I actually did it. Mm. And then just to be able to have the people that are in the community. I mean, it, it's like people are just they just offer to help you out. Um, you know, always checking in with you, getting little updates and whatnot, and you know, just genuinely care because they're along the same ride that you are. Sure. They're in the same journey, seeking the same things that you are, and it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think it's it's important, even you know, just people listening that have just tuned into the podcast or whatever. And I, I preach this time and time again, just in time learning. I mean, we've heard that from Pat mm-hmm. Flynn, we've heard it from uh, a bunch of other guys. I mean, it's just it's hard, right? I mean, I'm the same way. I want to know what's next, what's next, but just 
you know, taking what you need to do now. That's why even on the workshop that I do now, it's like five phases, right? It's like the first phase, stay in that phase until you get it finished and then jump to phase two and so on. And, and it's, it's just proof that if you do that, it, it will, it will come out in the end that it'll, it'll work. And in your case, it did. So, okay. So let's go into product research. Okay. So you go through the product research. Let's just peel back the curtain and let's kind of talk about, it. so what did you do in order to get your ideas? Cause I ever, everybody has different ways. I give suggestions, but what was the thing that worked for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually did all of the all of the things that you suggested because I really wanted to kind of purge my mind and get everything out there. So, being that I was on vacation, I had um, went to the front desk and I got some some scrap paper nice. and just started doing lists, uh, just tons of tons of lists. Um, you know, you recommend doing like a touch list, yes. so everything that you touch in a, in a given day. And I even went as far as to asking other people. Um, you know, if they would mind creating a, a little, little touch list for me and then sharing that with me. Nice. So, um, and then, you know, I went through different interests and, um, just kind of dove into those and, you know, it, it all came back to my touch list. It was something that, you know, I had, I touched every single day. It was a part of my day mm-hmm. and that's where I thought that I was going to go. And then as I dug into it a little bit deeper, you know, there were some con- concerns that I had about it. And I think I actually, I actually reached out to you and, and kind of let you know what my concerns were. One of the concerns was, you know, it was a fairly competitive market. Uh, I think your feedback was, and I'm, I'm so glad that you gave it to me, was, you know, maybe not on your first product. Because, you know, it's, it's, nice to get, it's nice to get an easy win it, or an easier win. It, it keeps sure. you motivated and focused. First dollar. Your first exactly. dollar. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Prove the concept and totally. then move on. Yep. So uh, one of the other things was I felt that there might be some hazards related to it potentially, and mm. I didn't want to have to deal with any of that. So it was kind of frustrating because you start to get attached to these products. I you did it. see yourself selling them. I did it. Yeah. And you get attached to it, sure. and it's, it's a t- kind of a tough and hurt. It, it hurts a little bit. You almost marry it in a sense. You definitely do. You do. But I ended up doing a kind of a complete 180 and I'm in a completely different market. It's a market that, uh, you know, I'm still very interested in. But I guess one of the things that I really like about where I am now is you know, there's so many products and it's it's really easy to find products that would fit under my brand umbrella. Mm, so. I love that. I love that. And first, I, I got to say here, I got I think you might get the award of the year for being the, the, the star student, by the way. And because you followed everything to a T. <laughs> I did. I mean, you like literally went to the front desk and you got a notepad because <laughs> Scott said to get a notepad. So I'm going to get a notepad. I'm going to get a number two pencil. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you followed everything to a T, man. So I know in school you were getting that award, weren't you? Come on, Jamie. Tell us. You, you were getting the teacher's award. <laughs> Uh, well, you got another one right now because that, that's awesome. I mean, you did exactly what you're supposed to do. It's hard to do that. You know what I mean? It's hard to stick to the plan because you want to jump ahead. And I, I get that. But that's it's awesome. And it, and it just shows that it, it pays off. You know what I mean? It does. You just got to follow the process. Um, I get so many people that say, Scott, I'm struggling with product. I'm struggling with product. Well, it's just like you got to go back to the drawing board. And I love it that you you admitted that you had a product, you loved it, but you let it go. And that's hard. I, I did the same thing in the beginning. I And I told people about this. I, I did the same thing. Thing. I was like ready to pull the trigger and I just didn't have a good feeling because I didn't know if I wanted to commit to that market. That was my big struggle. I was like, I don't really know if I want to be married to that market. I, I totally get it. Rich Kibble, I think the same thing happened to him. He came into the course with a product that he thought he was going to start selling, went through the first part of the course and changed 
think I think one of the one of the things that kind of reassured me was, and it's something that I, I find myself saying now because once you launch, you know, there's distractions of of other products that you know you can't roll them out fast enough. You yep. get you get in that mindset, but the thing that I came back to was, you know what? There's time to do that. I can come back to that. Totally, it's still a great idea. You know, I'm going to shelf it for now. It's on my list. Mm-hmm. I still have it on my list. Yep, and it's something that I, I I still intend to go back to. Yeah, no, that's really really good stuff. And I think the big takeaway here for people is too is just you know you don't have to rush it, but you do have to give yourself almost like a timeline, a deadline, and say, listen. I got seven to 10 days to get this done. I'm going to buckle down and get this, just this one thing done. And I'm going to dig through and I'm going to, you know, again, do like that brain dump, like you did the touch list, whatever, and just focus on getting ideas and then drilling down into those ideas. I I love, I love it that, that you went through that process. And I think the other thing I want to highlight too, that what you said is now that you picked the product and you picked the market, I think the more important thing is you picked a market. Now that you picked the market, it's easier to get or find products because you know what you need to roll out next because there's a whole nother product line, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it easier now? I mean, you can almost ask your supplier for a catalog and then just pick what, what next one you want to do. Yeah, it's ironic. I actually just got a catalog in the mail yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I did too. I, not in the mail. I got one uh, in an email because I, I I was looking at another product just the other day and because um, that's what I, I still do that, right? I'm mm-hmm. still wanting to add more products. And uh, I, I did that and I got a catalog uh, yesterday night. Uh, yeah, last night. And uh, I started going through it today and I'm like, there's like four products right now in that catalog I could roll out tomorrow, but I'm not yep. going to. I'm going to start with one and then I'm going to piggyback off of that. But um, yeah, you're right. I mean, Start with one. The hardest part is the market, finding the market. Once you do that, then you can just supply products to that market. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So you got the idea now. Now what's the next step? Samples, uh, testing them. What, what did you do next? Yeah. So I actually, once I had uh, really pinpointed the product that I, I wanted to roll out and, you know, I had done a little bit of sourcing along the way just to make sure that I wasn't sending myself down a path that I was just going to, you know end up having to turn back on. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had already you know, determined that it was a sourceable product by the time I started really reaching out to suppliers. Okay. And I actually reached out to three, well, I reached out to a lot of suppliers, but sure. then I actually got samples from three suppliers. Okay. And uh, man, it's, it's one of those things that you have to pay attention to the fine details because you can really pick up on a lot about suppliers from every aspect um, along the way. So mm-hmm. their email correspondence, uh, how quickly they get back to you and what time they get back to you. You know, they're 12, 13 hours ahead of us uh, if you're sourcing from uh, from China. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I get them, they, they, my suppliers reply to me at, at midnight their time. So you can tell a lot about the supplier from those types of things. Yeah, yeah. And everything down to, to how they package it. So when you get your samples, you can see how they packaged it. Did they put it in a you know, an, an envelope when it probably should have been in a box. Mm. So you can tell a lot about the suppliers. I, I love that. You, and, and again, it's it's like you're almost, you're interviewing them, right? You're giving them a test in a sense. And you're seeing like the correspondence, huge, right? You can see how they're totally. communicating. You can see how eager they are to get you as a customer. Um, you know, the packaging, like you said, does it, does it come in an envelope, but it should be in a box? I mean, all of those things. I mean, everyone listening right now, pay attention to this. This is so valuable because- one of the biggest parts of this this whole thing is also finding a good supplier, an, an agent in a sense. The, I mean, it's basically an agent that's working for the supplier, the manufacturer. And once you find that agent or you you get a good one, they're going to be able to help you with all of your other products or sync you up with other 
agents that can. So I love that. So you you get you kind of got it narrowed down. You probably threw out a bunch of emails. You didn't get any responses, but you know from all of them. But you you, know, you didn't get responses from all of them. But then you got some, and then you whittled it down to three that you felt comfortable ordering samples from. Mm-hmm. And then yep. so there you ordered the samples. Did you do DHL um, Express? Was it PayPal? How did you pay for it? You know from for the samples. Yeah, I believe all of them accepted PayPal, uh, but I did Air Express. I mean, by that point, you've gotten so much work mm. under your belt. You want to you want to get something in your hand. So the, the fastest way, uh, mm. I think, I think they all shipped, uh, either FedEx or DHL here. Okay. So what'd you get in it? Like three days, four days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. DHL, I think to me, it's typically three or four days. FedEx okay. sometimes can be a little bit longer. Okay. So now, you, so quick. now you, you, you get the product. What's, what's your thoughts on it? You get it. You're excited. You're tearing the box open or the package. You're, you can't wait to touch it. What, what was your first impression of the product when you got it? Yeah. So two of them, and I'm actually looking at my product right now to remind, <laughs> to remind myself. But two of them, um, you know, the quality was good on all of them. Okay. Um, I take that back. So I'm going to take a step back here, actually, because before when I placed my orders, my sample orders, mm-hmm. I also placed orders with um, a few of my competitors. Oh, okay. Um, yep. So that when I when I my samples came, I had a you know more apples to apples comparison. Sure. And one of my competitors had a, a flaw or a defect in this product. And I was actually able to find the exact same supplier that they use. Okay. And come to find out, the samples that I got from that supplier had that same exact defect. Oh, wow. So right off the bat, it was pretty simple for me to decide of those three which one I was going to go with. Mm-hmm. One of them had a defect that was consistent with my competitor's defect. One of them was just not the right style. And the one I ended up going with, the supplier I ended up going with, was the one that from the start rose to the top. So oh, okay. it's kind of kind of cool how it worked out. Yeah, he's, he's been awesome, absolutely awesome to work with. Cool, cool. Now, okay, now is does, does is yours? Um, does it fit the you know fitting in a shoebox under two pounds thing? It does. Okay, yep. cool. Okay, and that's another thing I follow to the T. There's there's no liquids. It's not a consumable. Okay. There's no on off switch, and okay. it fits in a shoebox. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, okay, so awesome. So now, um, okay, so now you're you're happy with the one. Um, you, you probably got to get a logo and stuff made. I mean, I'm assuming now, did, did you have that done by them or did you hire someone to create the logo? How did you, how, how, how did you go about branding the product? Yep, I actually, I actually, uh, a family friend designed my logo for me. Okay. Uh, he's, a, he's a designer and I really wanted to have a little bit more control over it. It's definitely something you can outsource, mm-hmm. um, but I really wanted it to be something unique. Okay. And I knew that uh, he was going to create something that was one off for me. Yep. Yep. Nice. So I think I had that done. I think I got that started like once I've sent in my sample orders i think i started that process okay yeah because i mean you can pretty much start that whenever you just you just don't know what you're going to label it on you know what i mean exactly uh, exactly. yeah so that that's good okay so you, you get your your logo and everything now does yours did you have a box made is it come in a bag with a label how does how did you do with the you know the packaging yeah, mine is uh, kind of unique. It actually comes in a, in a little bag, so okay. it was uh, it was the packaging part was pretty easy for me because it was kind of self contained. It, oh, okay. it came in its own package. Okay, okay, good. So you didn't really have to worry about special packaging or anything. Nope. Okay. I didn't have to worry about poly bags or anything like that. It okay. It's a little bag, which was really nice. So okay. that saved me a step there too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. All right. So cool. So now you 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 basically you're happy with them. They're going to order it. How many were you planning on ordering your first round? Well, I was planning on ordering 500. Okay. Um, but then what happened was, 
one of the, the ways I wanted to differentiate myself was color because there wasn't color options in, in my product mm, space. Okay. So once I started figuring out numbers and stuff, I was like, well, 500, I was going to do four different colors. Mm. It's not really going to work out that well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up increasing it to, uh, my initial order was 850 units. Okay. And I kind of picked which colors I thought would be the top sellers and just ordered more uh, units of those. So did you split it up though between the 850 or 850 of one and then you did a few hundred of, of the other colors? Yeah, so it was, I think I did, uh, I can't do the math on the fly here, but... Uh, yeah, just I, ballpark. Yeah, yeah, I did like 300 of one of the more popular colors and then okay. I did like 250 of the other one and then the others was split between the other two variations. Okay, okay. okay. So, so you kind of mixed it up so you can kind of test all the different colors, see what was going to be hot. And, exactly. And then you could reorder, which I think you're finding now, which we'll talk about, but you, you're mm-hmm. kind of finding that out now and that's kind of like that test run. What kind of um, time frame was it for your manufacturer to uh, to get you those 850? It was about 30 days uh, for production to be completed from the time I placed the order. Okay. That's about so normal. It, yeah, yeah. It got to me in about 35, 36 days. Okay. Yeah. Like so that. you did, you did, uh, um, express mail on that as well. I did. Okay. I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Um, okay. And then did you directly ship to FBA or did you direct, uh, ship to your, your home office? I actually had it, uh, come to me okay. and I did uh, a little, uh, sweat equity and, and, and worked and, uh, finalized, putting it together and repacking it and sending it into FBA. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, partially, I mean, I think it's, in my opinion, I think it's a good idea on your initial one, if at all possible, to mm-hmm. do a, uh, an inspection yourself, especially yeah. if you're just getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wanted to kind of immerse myself in the experience so that I could, you know, at, I'm gradually right now, trying to turn over some of the additional steps to the supplier. Mm. But I think it's helpful to know those steps and sure. actually have, have experienced them yeah. um, because then it, it just makes it a little bit easier for you to explain what you want done to the supplier. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's back up a little bit. How did you pay your supplier? Was it 30%, 70%, like 30 down and 70 when completed? Um, and then also how did you pay? Did you do wire transfer, escrow, PayPal? How did you pay? Yeah, so I think it was uh, kind of an oversight on my part. Maybe I was just a little too excited, and um, you know, the conversation was going so well with this one supplier from the get-go, but uh, he did not accept escrow. Okay. So, and initially, he wanted me to make the entire payment to get the the production started. Oh wow! Um, but then, you know, going back and forth, and, and basically telling him, "Hey, you know, we've gone this far," because by this point, you're talking to him for three weeks. Sure. So, you know, really emphasize the partnership and a relationship and I really want to work with you and you're a great fit for our, our company. Mm-hmm. We were able to work it out to be a 30% deposit uh, to get production started. And then um, on this, on my initial order, I had them send me, again, Air Express, mm-hmm. sam- like actual production samples oh, okay. before, before they finished the, the remaining order. Oh, okay. So I actually had them send me... And I still have them, but I had them send me eight, so two of each variation. Gotcha. So you were doing that more or less to do a little quality control of the run that was happening now. Exactly. So before they pulled the trigger and finalized production, they sent those to me really quick. And uh, the other nice thing about this, which is uh, kind of a a cool tip, I think, is you can then send those to get your photography done. Ah, that's nice. Yes, I like that. 
So it eliminates a little bit of a weight once your um, initial shipment arrives to you because you've mm. got photography taken care of. Like that. That's a nice tip. Dropping a little bit of a value uh, <laughs> a bomb there. So that is, uh, that's really nice. Really, really cool. Yeah, I, that's a great idea. If, you're, if your manufacturer will do that, uh, definitely. I would, spend, I would spend 50 bucks to get a sample or a few samples sent to me so I can get my pictures and stuff going and get that listing finalized. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Um, okay, so then you did that. So you got your pictures taken while you're waiting. So I, I, I'm kind of guessing here that you're in the pre-launch phase at this point now. So you're going to be building out your listing, your shell, that is, and you're going mm-hmm. to be getting your pictures done and, and all that stuff. So kind of take us through that a little bit. Like, So your pictures, like, what did you do for those? Similarly to how I had uh, done my logo design, I actually, you know, I looked at uh, some of the other recommendations. You know, there's some online mm-hmm. companies that will you can send your product in and they'll take the, the photography for you. Yep, yep. I ended up settling on a. I have a. You know, I'm in a geographically located in a, a really good area for this, but I found a, a product photographer here locally. And oh, we talked about this in Texas too, didn't we? Yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah, that's right. And I told you, I said, man, if you can find a local photographer, that's the way to go because it's so much easier. And you said he was awesome, right? He was, he was really, really, really good. And the cool thing was I got to experience it and kind of orchestrate the shoot, which nice. was, you know, kind of a cool experience just in and of itself. Yeah, so, yeah. But no, they turned out awesome. really, really good and, and charged me, I think, like 250 bucks. Which is a steal. It is an yeah. absolute steal. That is, so. a, that is a steal. I mean, from... I'm myself a photographer, I know from my wife and I owning our own photography studio, you know, if someone would have came with us with a product, 250 bucks, that, that's definitely what we would have probably been charging. And to us, it would have been great because you don't have to wrestle around with kids. <laughs> we were doing <laughs> photography with kids and I'll tell you, we yep. worked for our money. Let me tell you that right now. I mean, yeah. we enjoyed it. We totally enjoyed it. But man, oh man, by the end of the day, we were spent. Yeah, the um, products aren't talking. No, and, uh, no, you can position them any way you want. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they don't talk back and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and anyone listening, if I would, I would, my first place that I would look is I would start contacting people locally or asking around. I'm sure you're going to be able to find a photographer that has a white background with some high key lighting, and they're going to do that for you for a couple hundred bucks, and uh, they're going to be happy. You're going to be happy, and it's going to be you're going to be able to get those images done quicker. You know, and you're going to have a little bit more control over it. So I love that if you can do that. Okay. So you get the pictures. How long was it a turnaround for them to get you the digital files? I mean, it shouldn't be that long, right? I think he turned them around within a week. So yeah, he charged me what he charged me included the actual shoot. He actually had a model that I could use. So I I got a model and I paid her, I think she was $50. Wow. That's cheap. Yeah. So I got to pick her out too. He gave me a couple different headshots and I got to choose which model I wanted. But he turned it around after the shoot. He had it to me within seven days. Nice. Yeah. He sent me like a perfect all all of the, the the photos that he took in a gallery, and then I picked out which ones I wanted him to uh, you know final uh, touch up and whatnot. Yeah. So he did some edits on them too. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. So you get the pictures. That's great. So you get the pictures. In the mean in the meantime, I'm assuming you're you're getting your listing ready. Um, you know, getting it optimized and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, definitely. Building out the content, um, the bullet points, the description, and then doing some some keyword uh, research and, and really figuring out which keywords I was going to go for. 
How did you do that? Let me ask you that. Because I know some people are going to be listening. They're going to be like, well, how, how do you figure that out? And I, I know how to figure it out. I mean, I know I taught people how to do it, even on the podcast. But let's just let's talk about that real quick. How, what did you do to to find keywords that you wanted to go after the the main ones off the bat? Because I mean, in, in the end, you're going to notice and you're probably already noticing you're going to be finding ones that you didn't even think you were going to be targeting. But right now, what were the what was the idea to, to find the keywords that you're going to like make your 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 main keywords to start with? Sure. So I kind of had a, a weird process that I just developed on my own. I mean, it doesn't wasn't like rocket science or anything, but after you immerse yourself in this and you go through listing after listing after listing, you can start to find out which keywords. Some of them are just natural keywords. You know, sure. you can tell it's a natural search. So what I do is I compiled like I think I probably had about ten to twelve different keywords. And then what I used was um, Jungle Scout, actually. Okay. Um, so when I started this process, Jungle Scout wasn't around. Mm, so, me neither. <laughs> uh, you know, I had to go through it the, the, the old school way yep, now. Yep. But Jungle Scout was out at this point. So what I did was I took my 12 keywords, put those in one column. And then what I did was I took like the for each keyword, I ran a search and I took I think the fir- the top 36 listings. Mm-hmm. And what I did was I, I compared to see what the average BSR was and what the average sales volume was, what the average reviews was and or were rather, and the average reviews sale price. I can't remember if I uh, might have missed something. But then what I did was that allowed me to kind of figure out which keywords were going to be most profitable to go after mm. and which ones had the most volume in them. Yeah, that's good. That's a good little strategy there, you know, because you're only looking at the keywords of the top performing listings, right? Exactly. And you can pinpoint like, cause you have the reviews in there. You can say, okay, so this one has an average sale price of $24.99 and it only has an average review of 75. Right. So that's one that I might want to try and go after because you know, it's got a good price point. Sure. It seems to be good volume and yep, there's yep. not a ton of reviews. Nice. Nice. N- another little value bomb there from uh, Jamie tonight. Uh, <laughs> very cool. Uh, okay, cool. So now, you, okay, see, I'm assuming you got your listing all built up. For people that don't know too, you can build your listing out without your inventory because you're going to be fulfilling it by Amazon. So basically the thing is going to be an inactive listing, but you can still build it as long as you have your UPC code. And to get your UPC code, we won't go into that, but you basically just, you know, you can just Google, you know, uh, cheap barcodes, uh, UPC codes, whatever, and you'll you'll find a bunch and they're very inexpensive. And then just uh, you use that UPC to create your seller uh, or your uh, your listing. OK, so you get that all built out. You're ready to go. You're still waiting on on you know production. I'm sure you're itching and you're ready to go here. Right. I mean, yeah. you're just like, get it here. Get it here. I want to get this thing in and get this thing going. So you get the the order. It comes in. Um, you get it shipped. You go through your little bit of a Q, you know, QC you know, kind of quality control it a little bit. Um, did everything look OK when it arrived? Looked great. There was only one. I only had one issue where it was the logo was printed on it upside down. Okay. And that was, you know, just one that I could give away as kind of a promotional to somebody I know or something. So it was not a big deal at all. Okay, cool. All right. So then you get them, you print out your FBA forms, you go ahead and you ship it off to uh, to Amazon. And the, UP, the UPS, that I mean, I'm sure you use the UPS of, of Amazon. It's dirt cheap. I mean, isn't it ridiculous how cheap that is? Yes. <laughs> it's like, it is. It's, I almost thought there was something wrong. Yeah, I know. I mean, I still do. I'm like, that pound, that, that, that box is 30 pounds and it cost me $5. You know, I'm like, seriously? Uh, yeah. So, uh, they, they definitely, uh, they, they do volume. So, you know, UPS is like, yeah, we'll give it to you for almost free, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Okay. So you ship it in, you're waiting. How long does it take to get in, in, uh, you know, in stock or did it go to one location or did it go to, th- you know, two or three? 
Yeah, see, I actually had a little hiccup. Um, okay, let's talk about it. So somehow along the way, I was putting in, when I was building the shipment or the listing, when I was building the listing, I put in, no, I think it was when I put in the shipment dimensions. Somehow it got mixed up and it took, it made my product package size the size of my FBA box shipment. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it categorized it as, as oversized. oversized ah. And I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, I thought maybe just the dimensions of my box were oversized because mm-hmm. I saw it in my, in my FBA shipment queue. Okay. And I was like, oh, you know, uh, I've never done this before, so I didn't know. So then when it actually arrived and they started receiving it, they loaded it all into oversized. So there was a little bit of back and forth with Amazon to get that figured out. But they figured it out pretty quickly. It was a matter of probably a day, a day and a half before everything kind of settled into place. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So you got that fi- figured out. Actually, that happened to me once too. And uh, I think it was an error on their part though. Um, I mean, I put all the dimensions in right for some reason. They took the the outer dimensions of the box that had, you know, 75 units in it or whatever. And they were classifying that as the size. And I just contacted, I actually called them. Did you call them or did you email them? Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of a little on the impatient side when it comes to that. So if they didn't reply to my email, they, they knew me right off the bat, I'm guessing, because of you know the emails back and forth. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, had to send somebody out to remeasure the product just to verify before oh, no they kidding. could change it. Yeah. Oh, wow. So. Okay, cool. But yeah, so that, they, they, again, a little hiccup, no big deal. Okay, so now your inventory's in there. It's live now. Okay, and mm-hmm. this is the big day. It's live. What do we do now? Yeah, so right off the bat, I had um, I had two people purchase... Uh, full price. Okay. And then I had one person who I had previously given my product to. I had them leave a uh, unverified review. Okay. And I turned on uh, PPC automatically. Right there. And yep, I got it going right away. And what did you do for your campaigns? Uh, did you run an auto campaign? Any other campaigns? What did you do for your first uh, campaigns that you started running? Yeah, so right out of the shoot, I took, again, your recommendations, and I, I set up an auto campaign. I set up a suggested keyword campaign, and then either one or two manual campaigns. Okay. And for the manual campaigns, I have two competitors that are kind of, you know, my immediate competitors or who I saw them, and I used a keyword research or scraping tool mm-hmm. to look at their listings and gather the, the, the keywords that they were ranking for and put all of those keywords into two separate manual campaigns and just labeled them, you know, competitor XYZ. And did you get a sale off of that pay-per-click like right away or did it take a few days to calculate? Like what was, I know you were sitting there like probably refreshing it and saying like, okay, do I get any impressions? <laughs> did I get any clicks? I mean, I know I've done it. Yeah. I started getting impressions um, pretty quickly and then you know, clicks came, but you know how there is a little bit of a delay when it comes to the actual conversion of a click to a sale. Yep. So yep. Um, it was a little hard for me to tell initially um, because of that delay and then because of the fact that I started my launch process uh, almost immediately. Mm. So I launched on a Friday and I had, you know, launched to a, a review group on that Monday. So oh, okay. Okay. it was kind of hard to, to see where things were coming from because, you know, I got things fired up pretty quickly. 
Okay. Okay. So you, you right out of the gate, you, you get your reviews going, uh, you give away some units, uh, then you, you schedule to do a, a review giveaway. Now, what was the strategy with your, your review giveaway? Were you going to give out, how many units were you allowing for this giveaway? Well, I kind of initially, and this also went into, you know, why I ended up ordering a hundred or 850 units was because I did want to have the leeway to do a hundred giveaways if, if need be. Mm-hmm. I ended up doing about 80. Okay. And, um, I mean, it really, it really started picking up even after just 40. And okay. then I, I just, I just kept doing some just because I really wanted to build up the review base to a point where, you know, it was kind of like a, there was no hesitation when someone saw my listing, mm-hmm. the social proof was there and they, you know, clicked add cart. How many reviews do you think that you were shooting for to kind of get in line with your your main competitors that you thought that you needed to get? I think, you know, going up against them out of the shoot, I felt comfortable based on how I built my listing and the quality of my listing that I would be able to convert against theirs. My one competitor at the time when I launched had a little over 100. Okay. So I felt I could, could compete probably like 25 or 30. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's we can get that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's no big deal. So yeah, so you, you were in a good spot. And then so now let me ask you this though. So you said you allowed 80 and you didn't give, you didn't, or no, you allowed, yeah, you allowed a hundred, but you only gave, did you give 80? Did you say? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you gave 80. Was that over the course of a time period or was that all at once? So it was, the bulk of it was over the course of probably about five or six days. Okay. So you spread yeah. them out. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. And that seemed to work good for you. It did work good. Yeah, my it was cool to watch the BSR because when I first launched, I was at like 150,000. And it was really cool just to watch the BSR just go down and down and down. But, I, you know, in future launches, I'm definitely going to spread it out. Maybe even longer. I might do it over, you know, the course of a two-week period. Okay. Um, okay. Just to, just to really you know, spread it out and make it look really natural. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And then, okay. So now you, you launch, you get your, your reviews are, are, uh, your, your, you're launching to a review group. You're getting that thing going. Your pay-per-click is running. How much do you think you're spending, uh, on pay-per-click on average per day at this point? So Roughly. yes. Yeah. So yesterday I actually had, uh, I set up uh, a new record, a personal record. I had 25 sales yesterday. Hey, hey congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It was that awesome. Amazing. Day. Right. Yeah, it was a great feeling. And you know what's going to happen, though? I'm going to warn you right now. This is what's going to happen. 25, when you get 25 in the future, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be like, (laughs) damn, it was a slow day. You know, I'm not even kidding. I'm telling you right now that's going to happen because I remember exactly where you are right now. And I was like on cloud nine, which you should be and anyone listening should be. But there's going to be the time that you're going to look back and you're going to be like, Oh, damn. It's only 25. It was a slow day today. Damn. You know, and it's and human it, nature. It, it is. You're just always, and it's okay. That's good. You know what I mean? Like you're, you, that's good. You know, um, Danny Brewer will tell you, you know, it's like, you know, he wants it to be, you know, a bad day when he's selling a hundred, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's what we're doing, right? That's what we're shooting. Good mindset for. to have. It, sure. it is. It is. Uh, okay. So I'm sorry to interrupt there, but that's, oh, that's okay. it's, it's totally, uh, it's totally relatable. So, uh, I had to pull that out of there cause you will be thinking that, but 25 is awesome. That is awesome. Coming right out of the gate. And I mean, you're, you've only been live for how many weeks now or I mean, you um, in, I launched on the 14th of August, so I'm a little over a month. Yeah. So I mean, gosh, five weeks, that's amazing. That is awesome. And let's just, let's highlight this with a yellow highlighter. Uh, you know, it, right now it is, uh, September, uh, and it's generally slow in September. 
So if it's slow in September and it's usually slow in August, the summer months are usually slow. And I'm even hearing, I haven't been live um, a full year yet. I, I was live October 22nd. So I'm not even at my full year yet. And um, I've even heard October is slower and then November is when it kicks off. So for you to be doing 25 right now in a you know one of your record days, and even if you were doing 15 or 20 for just starting, that's pretty good. And you, you got to be pretty excited about what's to come fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I've got a you know a good amount of experience under my belt now to prepare myself for fourth quarter. You know, mm. it's it's amazing how fast you gain experience in this business mm-hmm. because everything everything happens quickly. You know, yep. once you launch everything yeah. leading everything leading up to the launch is a wait, waiting game. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of waiting, but once it launches, you start to see things and you start to make connections and you start to understand what everyone's been talking about. So mm. it all com- kind of comes together. Yeah. There's nothing better than actually doing and taking action, right? I mean, you, you take action, you learn from it. You're going to get these little hiccups, you know, you put the dimensions in wrong, you get an oversized box, you know, not to do that again. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like all of these things are there and you're going to learn them as you go. And, but you don't, you won't really actually, I, I personally, myself, I cannot really learn good for, through a book. I need to learn by implementing. Uh, you know, I have to actually do it, make the mistake and then say, oh boy, you're not supposed to do that. Okay, good. Uh, you know, and you know, it's kind of like the dog, you know, you don't want to reach out to the dog and you know, if he bites you, you know, you probably shouldn't reach out to that dog. Uh, so we're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, uh, okay. So, all right, you're at this point now where you launch, uh, you're, you're running pay-per-click, uh, how does the auto campaign perform for you? I know some people say it, it works well. Some people say it doesn't work that well. How did the auto campaign work for you after you kind of like ran it for a little while and kind of pulled the data report? It didn't run that well at all for me. It didn't really produce that much data. Um, and I actually restarted a, a separate auto campaign here recently, and it's the same results. Um, my best performing campaign um, is my suggested keywords, one of the ones that I set up initially. It's okay. still, it's it's doing really, really well. Which my is, ACOS, I think, on it right now is like 20 or less. Nice, 20%. nice. It, it, it's funny, though, because you never know. Uh, um, you know, because, I mean, I, I would think, too, the, the suggested one is actually Amazon telling you what they think you should do, right? Mm-hmm. And the auto campaign is really what they think you should do. So they're both really pulling from similar you know, I guess data points, but, uh, that's why you test it. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you got to see, I mean, I have an auto campaign. I started literally the, almost the, the month I actually was about a month after I launched, I haven't turned it off and that's one of my best performing uh, campaigns. So, you know, I started it as a test and I said, I'm just going to test it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it, I'm going to learn from it. And I'm going to see what keywords to target and which one's not to target. And that one there has been performing phenomenal throughout. So I haven't turned it off, you know? That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you just don't know. I think, uh, I think even Rich said that he had good results with the, uh, with the auto. So some do, some don't, it's okay, you know, but you found one that does work pretty well. So you ride that one, right? Yeah, and that's why you set them all up. You know, yeah. it's, it's testing. You got to figure out what's going to work for you. Got to see what the numbers are going to do. You know, uh, okay, so cool. So now you're at a pretty exciting point because you're launched. You're you're having some sales. You're steady. You're pretty steady still. What what was your let's say, let me ask you this? What was your goal for this product? How many units per day were you shooting for? Well, I was trying to be. I try to be a little bit realistic because if you go into something new and you set a goal that's way too high sure. and unattainable, you get let down. So, you know, going through your course, uh, private label classroom, you talk about the 10 by 10 by one. Mm. So 10 sales a day, $10 uh, profit, one product. Yep. And then you multiply that and grow. 
Um, so I was, I was shooting for that just because I was, you know, as you had pointed out by the T I was yep, going through, yep, yep. you know, each of the points. So that's what I was shooting for because I thought, you know what, even if I roll something out and it's doing 10 a day, I validated this, that I can do this and I can move on to something else sure. and something else and grow, you know, really grow the brand. So, yeah. And you found uh, that you can sell more than that though. Exactly. Which makes it even, even sweeter. Yeah, well, and it's funny because I've had some people say, "Scout, you know, why do you why do you teach the ten by ten by one when you know you're you're not you know doing that?" I'm like, I, I am doing that, but I didn't. I, I I do that because it's a it's a good base, right? It's mm. something that you know if you can do that, then you've actually went through the whole process and you learned how to do that. But if I say to go twenty by you know the you know tw- twenty sales a day, well, then you might fall short and think it doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. But if you go for ten. And I can get you making a hundred dollars profit per day. You're going to see it works, and you're probably going to do more. And then it's going to be even sweeter, just like you said, right? Yep. And for the most part, that's probably what's going to happen if you've done your research right. You looked at the depth of the market, all of that stuff. And then when you roll out product number two or variations, bingo, everything else scales up. So that's really the reasoning behind that is almost that make your first dollar thing, right? If you mm-hmm. make the first dollar, you see how it was made. Now you just scale. You know, yeah. I think um, it makes it it makes it not as intimidating for people. Sure. So they are more apt to take action. Yep. You know, something that you you stress all the time. Yep. So it makes it easier to, to kind of ease into the process and get your feet wet. Yeah. No. Absolutely. All right. So I mean, we're we're pretty much out of time, but let's just wrap this up by by saying what's what's the future for you right now? Like, what's it what's it looking like for you? What are your plans? Uh, more products? Uh, scaling this one up? Like, give us a little bit of a uh, a closing here on what what you're excited about and what you're going to be doing next. Yeah, definitely. So I'm I'm actually getting another uh, shipment in. It should be arriving uh, sometime in the middle of next week uh, to replenish inventory. And my plan is uh, to place another order so that I'm prepared for fourth quarter. So I'm probably going to place another uh, inventory order as soon as the other one arrives. Mm -hmm. And then I'm really excited to uh, stabilize what I've got going on and position myself to to grow and, and roll out you know, another product, which is going to be very close and a a different variation of of what I'm currently doing. So I'll be able to pull from the same kind of supplier base and um, launch my second product, which I hope to have launched sometime in fourth quarter. Mm, Okay, good. And you know, I I like it that you're you're going at it kind of in a slow pace, but yet scaling out the one, building out the one as strong as possible before moving on to the second one. Um, although that one is already kind of like ready and kind of sitting in, you know, sitting in the on deck circle, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like it's ready. Um, but I like it that you're focusing your efforts on that one, getting it going and really solid and then moving on to the next one and not being too, you know, too rushed because you don't want to, you don't want to take focus off of the one that's starting to work. You know, so I, I really do like that. Let's let, let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about this real quick too, because I know people always ask me this. How much time would you say it takes once you get this up and running, like you have right now, like all that work that you did? That's to me, that's the bulk of it, right? That's the yeah. hard stuff, right? Once you get that up, now what's your what's your typical day now? If you're not doing research, right? Mm-hmm. You're not doing research. You're just maintaining this product now, making sure inventory. What 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 would you say that it would take to maintain that? Yeah, I'd say half hour, 45 minutes every day is, is kind of devoted to just analyzing where things are at, replying to, I, I'm huge on customer service. So I, typically I will reply to mm-hmm. any type of inquiry within a half hour. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so not not too much time, but 
if you go back to sourcing, if you bring in product research, then that can obviously add to it. But and that's half what, hour, forty five yeah. minutes, you know, everything's and, taken care of that I need to do exactly, to exactly. And and I think that's that's what I like to you know say to people like realistically, give yourself an hour a day, right? That's mm-hmm. what it would be. But we're business people, right? We're entrepreneurs, like like we want to figure out the next product, right? Why not take that time? And start thinking about the next product lines and thinking about how to scale this thing out. Um, and that's where your time can really be spent, you know. But typically, I'm the same as you. It's like literally if I allocate an hour a day to maintain, to, you know, discussion back and forth with suppliers, inventory, might have to get done once a week or whatever if you're kind of communicating to make sure that you're on task, an hour a day would be all that you would need. Now, mm-hmm. in all of those five phases, it's not an hour a day. Uh, right? No, <laughs> yeah, and it's a lot of a lot of long nights. But you know what? Keep your eye on the prize and, yep. and stay focused. Take action every single day, and you know it all pays off. And it's it's an exciting ride. It's a and, lot of fun. And just to mention here too, you know you you've done this working a full time job, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so I mean, I I got you know friends that want to do this, and they're like, but I got a full time job, and I'm like, well, if you want to do it bad enough, you'll take some time out of your night or your morning and get it done. You know, it's it's one of those things. Do you want to spend the night watching TV, mm. or do you want to spend the night doing something that prepares yourself for a better life, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a yeah. better future? Yeah, yeah. So no, it's totally. But you ultimately you have to want it, and if you don't want it, then you're not going to probably take action. You're not going to make any progress. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. All right, man. Well, hey, this has been awesome, and it's been I, a lot I, of fun. I love I love doing these with anyone that's been through the process and kind of digging in because there's always little twists and turns, and I just love hearing it because there's not one there's not technically one way to do anything, right? It's just different things and things happen. And just like you, the little measurement thing happened, you know, and we got to talk about it. Um, but I really appreciate you taking time out of your night to do this. Um, again, I mean, you and I, uh, we've kind of been through this together from the beginning mm-hmm. and we were having communications and then um, met you in Texas and we hung out there and we talked about your product and and all of that stuff. So it's really exciting for me to be able to see kind of where you started and where you are and where you're headed. I mean, it's it's really exciting. So I want to say congratulations on everything. And uh, I look forward to uh, to definitely following along on your journey. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And uh, you know, thanks for all you do, Scott. Really, yeah, really appreciate it. Not a problem, Jamie. And uh, we will uh, we'll definitely be keeping our eye on you. We probably have to have you back on at some point to have a little follow-up. I'd love to come back on. Yeah. <laughs> so let me know. All right, I'll man. For you. Take care, man. All right. Good luck to you. Okay, so there you have it. Another awesome story. I mean, every time that I do these, I think I pick up one new thing myself that I either I was aware of and that I have to do again or just how you can simplify the process and not overcomplicate things. And if you follow along and then just pivot, move with whatever comes at you or around things that come at you, you really can get through this. You know, does that mean that every single launch for every single category is going to be the same? Absolutely not. And if you think it is, you're probably going to be disappointed or surprised or frustrated. And, uh, you know, you don't want to go in this thing thinking that everything is going to be exactly the same. And that's why I do love doing these because there are always certain things that can come up and that, you know, you have to 
either figure out or, you know, get around or change course or whatever. So that's why I really love uh, sharing these. So once again, I want to thank Jamie for coming on and sharing his story. Hopefully this has inspired you, motivated you, or also just give you a few more ideas, even if you are already selling right now. Uh, That's really the ultimate goal here. So uh, I I really do hope that that happened here during this interview for you. Uh, Once again, I want to remind you, if you have not attended one of my live workshops, you can join one of these or attend one of these totally free and you can head over to the amazing seller.com forward slash workshop and there I will go over all of the phases for picking your product sourcing your product doing a pre-launch then launching and then doing all of your promotions pretty similar to what we just did here with Jamie I do on the workshop we condense it down into about an hour and then from there we uh, we give you some downloads and some cheat sheets to walk away with as well so you can head over there and sign up for the next live workshop would love to have you attend we also do some live Q&A there as well so that's pretty much going to wrap it up once again guys remember I'm here for you I believe in you I'm rooting for you but you have to you have to come on now say it with me say it together come on take action Have an awesome day, and I'll see you in the next episode.